Welcome to the Gay Fathers Podcast. Join us as our guests share stories of coming out, raising kids, and more. Thank you to the Utah Gay Fathers Association for producing this podcast. Interested in sharing your story? Reach out to us at podcast at gayfathers.org. I'm Ben Visser, and today we're here with my co-host, Ross Rogers, and we will be interviewing him today as we talk about uh, welcome to our inaugural uh, Gay Fathers podcast. So, Ross, welcome. Thank you. Glad you're here. So, let's, uh, let's start out from the beginning. When, let me just kind of ask you, when did you first understand you were gay? You know, I, um, I knew I was gay when I was about 12 years old. That's what I remember going back. It was about 12, but I was obviously too scared to come out. Mm-hmm. Well, so let me ask you, because I know that in our, in our particular culture here in Utah, that there's a pretty strong delineation between being gay and being same-sex attracted. In your same boat, were you, did you feel like you were gay or did you feel like you were same-sex attracted or did that? In, in my, I knew I was gay. And I, um, I knew that, um, that wasn't around when I was growing up. Um, it was, I have feelings towards guys. I, I feel like I want to be with a guy or versus a woman. And, you know, obviously that's growing up didn't work for my living situation, you know, as a kid. Mm -hmm. And so it didn't you know, I just kept it in. I just, I knew that if I uh, came out that my mother would kick me out of the house and I lived in a small town and it was all mostly Mormons and that I would, you know, I would be a homeless 12 year old. And I said, my, my father died when I was eight. So it was just my mom and my brothers and my sister and, um, very active in the Mormon church. And so it just, I knew that I would be homeless if I came out and so I just kept it in and then I'd get the crap beat out of me every day in school because you know that's just the mentality of a small town right yeah no that 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 makes sense I mean it's a lot it's crazy to think you know as we look back that's that's a lot of weight for a 12 year old to carry yeah yeah and so I just you know I didn't want to have to deal with it so I just didn't I just kept it to myself. I didn't tell anybody. And, you know, I just pretended that I was this good Mormon boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's well, pretty common in our in our culture today. Mm-hmm. So did you, as you were growing up, did you, um, I mean, how did, how did that go as you progressed in getting older? Did, was there a point where, I mean, did did you forget about it? Did you try to suppress it to the point where it just wasn't there? Or did you no. just make sure that you were completely acting appropriately? I just made sure I was acting appropriately. I acted as straight as I could. Mm-hmm. I never, um, I never uh, did anything that would lead anyone to think that I was gay or that I had feelings of that. Um, I, um, at the time knew that being gay was a sin in the church. And so I just was trying to avoid and, you know, 
in, in my mind at the time, I basically prayed to God to fix me because at that time I wasn't under the understanding that being gay was okay. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't at that time right? in the culture of the world right. um, that we lived in. And so I just couldn't deal with that. So I just, you know, I prayed to God, fix me because I'm having these feelings and you've got to take those feelings away so that I don't get in trouble. Yeah. And I think it's a unique experience that we have in, in, in the game, gay realm of things is, is we are in a place where you can go out in public and I mean, sure. We've heard of things like gay face, et cetera, or whatever, but in general, it's not like you can walk out and know for a hundred percent sure that person's gay, that person's lesbian, that person's trans, that person's bisexual. You can't just say that. So, I mean, it's just an interesting world that we live in, you know, that um, we have all this internal struggle that people don't see, you know. Yeah. It, it's, and by no means am I marginalizing any other experience in the world out no, there. No, because I think it's the same way is, is if you're straight, you know, you don't know what, you know, if, if I was straight that, oh man, that that girl is you know, hot or, oh, you know, you don't know what, you know, oh, that person's going to like me or that person, you know, mm-hmm. it's, you know, you don't go around sitting there, you know, oh, is that person gay? Is that person straight? Is that person, you just don't do that. Right. And so it's not that that's, you know, in the world today, you, we just don't do that, you know, and, and we didn't do it back then either. So, but on that, it does touch on an interesting note. And I guess I'm just coming from my perspective is, did you ever feel like you you had to perform? Like, was there was there a lot of times where you would be not necessarily because I mean, I think we all had that you have to perform a certain way in order to be accepted as a male in the culture. But did you were you hypersensitive to people perceiving you one thing or another or slipping up here or there that somebody's automatically going to think you're gay and you're in trouble or um you know i really kept my feelings buried deep down inside i just didn't talk to anybody about Mm -hmm. them um i i didn't i didn't talk to a single person the only person i talked to was god um in trying to fix me and I, you know, I went on dates with girls. I, um, I just played the straight role. Mm-hmm. I, I did just to avoid the very appearance of someone possibly saying something. So I just was never that way. I, I just, you know, mm-hmm. didn't. And if someone said, you know, something, I, I never did. I never had anyone come up to me and say, are you gay? Right. I've never, I never had that accused of me. And so, um, I just stayed away from it. You know, the, the worst thing that I did was, you know, um, back when I was growing up, the internet really wasn't around. So the only thing you could look at was dirty magazines (laughs) and, and in a small little town, um, yeah, I basically knew that, um, when my brothers would bring home dirty magazines that they'd found, 
because I didn't know where to get them mm-hmm. uh, or how to get them. Um, they would look at them and, and I would sneak to look at it. And if it was just all girls, I just like, uh, I didn't care. I didn't care to look at all the girls. But if they brought one where there was actually a guy in there, <laughs> oh my gosh, that's all I paid attention to was the, the pages that had a guy on it. Um, but I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't look at it. I wouldn't look at any magazine or anything if there was someone around. Mm-hmm. And so, I, I mean, I, I literally went through school um, very straight. And um, I, you know, at the end of, when you graduate in the Mormon church, you're supposed to go on a mission. And, and that's, you know, for a two-year period of time. And I basically prayed to God that, you know, you got to fix me if I'm going to go on a mission. Mm-hmm. It's the only way, you know, you can't send me out there being gay, living with other missionaries that, you know, that that's just a, a in my mind, before I went, a scenario right. that something is going to happen, you know, <laughs> right. because, you know, if, if by chance my companion walks around or comes out, you know, you know, something physically is going to happen. And right. like, not like uh, sexually that I'm thinking, but, you know, I'm probably going to show in my pants downstairs that, you know, I'm going to get aroused. And right. so I'm like, and I'm like, you got to fix me so that doesn't happen. And um, on my mission, I had one experience, not with a man, but... Uh, but I had one of my companions. I was uh, in an apartment where there were two sets of missionaries. And uh, one of them would come out of the shower and just sit in on the couch naked. And so, and his companion would say, get clothes on. Just don't do that. We don't need to see that. And and the guy's like, well, it doesn't matter. We all have it. So it doesn't matter, you know. And I literally had to go into my room because... I would get an erection. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it just was going to happen. Well, so. you know, and, and it's funny. Sorry, not, not to interrupt, but it's funny as we look at that. Because some people would be like, oh, well, you know, that just that just talks to how all men, all gay men just think about a sex. But no, I mean, we're talking about years of suppression of feelings. We mm-hmm. haven't been able to process those emotions or those feelings or those attractions in the same same way that our heterosexual counterparts were able to do all through junior high and high school. Oh yeah, we didn't have any of that. So you've got this lid, this pressure cooker that you got a lid on, and you let a little bit of it out, and you you don't control it. I mean, right. you try to control it, but you just don't know what's going to happen. And so you know, in on that scenario, I you know I always had to leave the room because I just didn't want something to happen. Right, I, and you know, because in my back of my mind, I'm thinking. If I got sent home because I got caught trying to do something with a guy on my mission and, you know, knowing me, if I did something like that, I would probably think the person had the same feelings and it didn't and then I would be in trouble. And so I just, I avoided that because I didn't want to be the only person. So, you know, I, I completed my mission, came home. And in the Mormon church, when you come home off of your mission, you're supposed to start college and start dating and get married. And so I did that. And I um, prayed the whole time 
to fix me because the next thing is to get married. And so I started dating this person and, and we ended up getting married and that was, you know, that was an interesting process because, you know, um, my partner now asks me all the time, he says, are you sure you're gay? Are you sure you're not bi? And I'm like, no, I'm, I'm totally gay. And he's like, how do you know? You had sex with your wife when you were, you know, intimate. And I'm like, I said, yes, but it, um, it wasn't without difficulty mm -hmm. because I couldn't just go. I, it took me forever to finally be able to go. And, um, I, I actually had to think of guys that I was actually being with a guy, mm -hmm. even though up to that point, I'd never been with a guy. Right. I, I've never, I'd never had sex with a guy. I never cheated on my wife when I was married to her. I, other than she says that I did because I was looking at porn and because that was the only thing I had to look at to, to, you know, take care of myself. Right. And, and obviously I did that in secret. And so no one knew because I wasn't prepared to come out. And, uh, but my partner, you know, asked me all the time. He's like, are you, are you sure you're not bi? Cause you were with your wife. And I'm like, I'm, I'm gay. I, I have no desire to be with a woman anymore ever. Right. Cause that's what ultimately ended our, that was ended our relationship was because you know, my ex-wife, she enjoyed being intimate. Mm -hmm. and she wanted to be intimate well, a lot. It's a perfectly it's, natural thing. It her, is. Yeah. And, 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 and not to her fault because everyone likes it. Just like I like to be intimate also, but I was just not in the right relationship. And, and not to fault her because she was in her right. She wanted it too, you know. Right. And so, but it just wasn't right for me. Mm -hmm. And that's what was the struggle. And so I knew that I was gay. And I think it was, you know, after, you know, I prayed when the kids, it was time she wanted to have kids. And I said, you know, you got to fix this. You know, because, you know, I've already ruined her life because I know deep down that I'm gay. And I don't know how long I can keep this up, mm -hmm. but I'm doing it. But it didn't take long for that to come down because, you know, but I think it was, you know, after, you know, we had three kids and I, we were raising the kids and, you know, we were fighting a lot. We'd been to marriage counseling and obviously I knew it wasn't going to work because, you know, and I wasn't going to admit in, in the marriage counseling that I'm, the reason this isn't working is because I'm gay. You know, right. I'm not going to, I'm still very much in the closet. I'm very scared to come out. Um, but it was just, I don't know. I just think. I don't remember the exact day, but, um, but I just got this idea and maybe it wasn't, I, maybe I was like on, uh, the internet searching for things, you know, trying to, you know, find stories of, you know, of reading other people's stories to see if anybody shared with them going through experience to, to see, I mean, I was. I was desperately searching to see, has anyone else gone through this? What was it like for them? I mm -hmm. mean, 
I was very scared to come out. I was scared of the unknown. I was scared of where am I going to live? What am I going to, you know, all of the unknown things. And so I wouldn't come out. And so I think, but as I was searching, I think I read something at a point that said um, that you can't pray to God to fix you when you're not broken. There's nothing wrong. Right. And I think when I read that, that's when it clicked in my mind. And I literally was like, oh my gosh. I'm like, um, I have been praying for the wrong thing mm-hmm. all this time. And it was a very emotional point in my life because um, all this time that I was... Um, pent up, not, um, not knowing what to do, how to get out of this relationship that it was bad for me and bad for my ex-wife because she was stuck in this relationship, not knowing what was going on. And, you know, and I feel bad for that. And I've told her that many times. I really do. Um, but it was that point that really was what changed it for me. And I knew from that point on that sometime, and I didn't know when, I'm going to come out and this marriage is going to end. And um, it that did happen, and it was um, on our fifth round of marriage counseling. And she basically told me at the beginning, if this round doesn't fix us and get us going on the right path again, then at the end of this round, we're going to get a divorce. We can't keep doing this. So I knew at that point, okay, we've got, what, five, six weeks before it's going to end, <laughs> right. you know? So I knew I had a deadline at that point. I had to get things going, and it was it was scary because now I had a fire under me that, that I didn't light. Right. <laughs> and so... Um, and my marriage counselor, uh, he screwed up and our fourth session pulled us in and did 50 questions. Yes, no, maybe so questions, you know, Mm -hmm. and just rapid fire. I mean, like, I think in 10 minutes I was done. He's like, okay, I'm going to go get your wife and we're going to do the same thing. So I'm sitting out there in the hall, in the, the foyer of the this reception center, whatever it is, the waiting area. And um, I mean, I literally, we had five minutes together, 10 minutes I was in there. And an hour and 10 minutes later, wow. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm on my phone, I'm playing games, I'm like to Facebook. I'm like, what is taking so long? <laughs> and my ex-wife comes out bawling and he says we're out of time i'm over i've got my next client waiting so we'll pick this up next week when we come and i'm like okay and we walk out to the car and and she's still crying she doesn't talk to me i can tell she doesn't want to talk to me you know that feeling (laughs) and i'm like so we went three days no talking Mm mm-hmm which, in my book at the time, I'm like, well, that's 
I'm good with it. You know, I don't need to worry about. Right? I don't. I don't. I don't need a fight to come on. And so then the next week we went to our appointment and and he just got mad at us. The you know he's like you should be further along. We've been this is our fifth session and I and I looked at him and I'm like, dude, we've been married twenty two years. Mm-hmm. Where do you get off thinking in? Five one-hour <laughs> sessions, right. we're going to be further along. You know, he's like, well, I've been doing this for years. And you guys are saying you're at the same place. I'm like, because we are. Whatever, you know, what you have talked about hasn't helped one bit yet. You know, we've had some nice conversations, but we haven't gone anywhere. And, and I said... And I just, you know, he, he's like, I just don't get this. This, you, you know, it, we should be further along. And, um, we ended the session, you know, I don't remember really what happened because I checked out, I was done. Right. And we got in the car and my ex-wife, she said, can I ask you a question? I'm like, sure. She's like, you're not going back, are you? I'm like. Nope, I'm done. I'm like, are you? You want to go back? And she him haunted around basically and said, "Well, you know that I want to keep going. I want to get to a solution, but I understand. I don't want to continue with him." And I knew immediately that. In the back of my mind, I'm like, I'm not continuing with anyone. I'm done. It's, it's, we're going to end up in the same place anyway, so it doesn't matter. And she says, can I ask you another question? I said, yeah. She said, um, last week, what did he ask you for those twenty minutes, that 10 minutes you were in there? I'm like, about 50 questions, rapid fire, yes, no, maybe so, questions. And it, there was no discussion. It was like, he asked it, nope. Yep, nope, yep, yes, 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 nope. He's like, okay. He says, did you say yes to this? Did you say no to this? And I'm like, no, I I said no. Well, he said yes. You said yes to that. I'm like, I did not say yes. Why would I say yes? And And I'm explaining to her these answers. And it come down that, you know, she says, so he was lying. And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. That I mean, I did not. Why would I say that? That's not even true. Mm-hmm. You know, you know that's not true. She says, that's why I was so upset because I couldn't believe it. I'm like, why this? That's not true. Why would Ross lie? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I wasn't. I said no. And so it was. Um, it was pretty bad. And so. You know, we got home and she asked me, she said, you're not going to go back. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm not going back. I'm done. Well, you remember what I said at the beginning? Yeah, I do. And um, he was um, out of town. So we had two weeks before we were going to, three weeks. It was a three-week break because he was out of town, then I was out of town, and then we couldn't meet up, so it was... It was a three-week break, mm-hmm. um, and then we went back. We did. I did. I did go back once, and I and that was when I, I said we're done. You know, this is not going. 
uh, anywhere. And maybe that's when he said we should be further along, and that's when I had lost it. And um, so we came home, and um, my father-in-law had a massive stroke and um, wasn't going to live through the night. And so my ex at the time just said, I'm, I'm going to be with my dad all night. I, I can't leave his side. I'm like, that's where you should be. And I said, um, and I woke, woke up, went to work the next day, and um, he didn't die. I came home. He was okay. Um, my wife, ex-wife spent the whole Friday with him. Um, and Saturday, we had a standing appointment. Well, I mean, a, an appointment to talk about what we were going to do. Mm-hmm. And when he had that stroke, she's Friday night. She says, um, "We're meeting tomorrow, right?" I'm like, "No, your your dad is on his deathbed. We're not meeting, you know." And she says, "We are meeting. We're not skipping." I'm like, "You need to be with your dad." No, we are meeting. Well, I knew. Okay, that's that's it. So we went in the car and went to a parking lot and parked and. And, you know, she basically said, you uh, want to start off with a prayer? And I'm like, no, not particularly, but if you want to, you can say one. So she said a prayer, and um, she says, so what? And we talked a little bit, and then I obviously started to cry because I was already emotional, and... Um, I just told her, I'm like, I want a divorce. Can't do this anymore. Why? Why can't we fix this? And, you know, I told her, I said, you know, when I tell you why we can't fix this, you're going to blame the failure of our marriage on this one thing. And this one thing is only one part of it. There's so many more aspects of why our marriage didn't work. Mm -hmm. And um, she's like, okay. She's like, what's that one thing? And I'm like, well, I'll tell you. But I says, there's many other reasons. And I don't think this is the time or place to debate all of this, nor do I really want to. And I says, but I am going to tell you a few things because... Uh, and I told her those things, and she's like, but that's not a reason. I'm like, I says, yeah, it kind of is. It's not the only reason, but when you add them all together, it causes those feelings and these those emotions that break it down, and that's what right. did. And I'm like, but there's one other thing, and it's um, it's a big thing, but it's not the only thing, and that's what you, you're going to say that it is the only thing and it's not. And I says, right. I just said, I'm gay. And I'm like, and I can't, I just can't do this anymore. I am gay. And, you know, she cried and I, I just basically sat there and let her cry and she's like, so if you cheated on me, is that how you know? I'm like, no. I've never been with a man yet in my life. 
And she was like, then how do you know that you're gay? And I'm like, because all I can think of is being with a guy. I says, I dream of being intimate. I dream of, you know, doing everything with a man. And I says, and she looked at me and she says, are you looking at porn? And I'm like, yep. Um, she's like, is that why we don't have sex? And I'm like, part of the reason, but not really. And I just says, I just, I'm not attracted to females. And the thought of being intimate with you is at first I did it, but I lost it. I couldn't keep doing it. I couldn't keep the passion up to be able to, to uh, enjoy it, which wasn't really enjoyable. And I don't mean this to be mean or anything, but I just, right. it was very hard to do. And um, she, you know, obviously she was crying and she was hurt. And, and I told her at the same time, I'm like, so I am leaving the church. I'm not going to be active in the church anymore. And she's like, why? How can you just throw that away? And I told her, I says, well, I says, you know, when one of the big uh, beliefs of the church is to be, you know, heterosexual between a man and a woman. And if I'm gay, that kind of goes right against the church's things. And, and I says, and I just, I can't be associated with that right now in mm -hmm. my life. I just, I, I'm taking a break. And I then asked her, I says, are you still going to take me to the airport in the morning? Because I had a, a, a week that I was going out of town on a, a conference. Um, and I says, or do I need to find someone to take me to the airport in the morning? And she says, no, I'll take you. And I said, uh, I says, okay. I says, I know that you're hurt. And um, I know you probably still want to talk, but I think you need to get back to your dad. Because, and I think that um, I just told her, I said, I would really appreciate it if you didn't talk to everyone about this and don't go spread things around. You know, um, I know you're going to want to talk to your mom, but ask her not to talk to anybody right now. Let's keep this between us until we get things settled. Mm -hmm. um, and she uh, took me to the airport and in the morning and I flew out to DC and that she she asked me she's like please don't cheat on me we're still married but in my mind we were done I knew we were done mm -hmm. it was over there was no chance I was going back ever it was done and um, we were our that we were separated at that point. Done. I mean, I, I, I went to the bank and took her off my account, and, and mm -hmm. we had, you know, I just like we started separating things. I, I was, I knew it. It was over. Um, and I had been chatting with the guy online, just because it was part of my coming out of just right asking questions like. You know, 
how do I do this? How do I, you know, and, and, um, he was from Washington, DC where my conference was. <laughs> and that was my first experience yeah. on that conference is being with a man. And, um, I knew at that point that I was gay. Confirmed. <laughs> so, um, you know, I come back from that conference. Um, uh, she obviously asked me if I was with anyone. And I, at that point, knew that I had been lying to her already that I was gay. and not telling her that. And I'm like, it really is none of her business now. We are separated. We are not going to be married together. And she just doesn't need to know. And in my mind, it's like, not that I'm keeping it from her in a mean way. It was, I don't need, the more I share with her, the more she's going to be hurt. And I don't want her to be hurting anymore. She's already hurting enough from what I've done. So I just, I'm just going to keep up the lying of my life until we're separated and she can get over her emotions and then we can... You know, we can have a conversation about, you know, on a level head and not get mad. And we've done that now. We've right. done things. But it was, um, it was pretty bad. But she, while I was back there, she asked me and I said, no. And she says, well, I've told my brothers and my sisters. And I'm like, you did. I think, you know, she's not like, I, it just right. happened. And, you know, and I'm like, okay. I says, but. Did you ask them? Not I did. I told them, please don't talk about this because we're still going through stuff and I don't want it to get worse because if it's out there, it can cause more problems. So I told her that when I come home on Saturday um, that we need to have a family meeting on Sunday when you guys get home from church. And um, so I called my daughters in. I have three daughters. And at the time, they were... Um, uh, 15, 17, or 15, 13, and 11. And I basically, we called them in and, and I gave them all tissues. Which That's meant, always a great sign. <laughs> which, um, they knew something was wrong. Right, right. Um, but they knew anyways. Yeah. They knew that our marriage was rocky and it was, you know... Um, so I just, they're like, what's this for? We're going to cry. And I'm like, yeah, you're going to cry. So I'm going to give you tissues now. <laughs> and, and, um, my ex didn't want me to tell them that I was gay or that I was leaving the church. She just wanted to say that we're getting a divorce. And I'm like, I am not going to come back in another week and say I'm gay. And then in another week say I'm leaving the church. I'm not going to do that. Let's just rip the whole band-aid off at once. All right. And just drop it all down. So I, we called them in. I said, told them, we're getting a divorce. They start crying. I let them cry for a few minutes. I says, there's more, let me tell you. Um, I'm gay, and I'm leaving the Mormon church. I'm not staying active in the church. And they cried, and, you know, I let them ask questions. They didn't want to talk that much. They asked a few questions, and I just knew they wanted me to leave. They, they wanted to talk to their mom. Right. Uh, because I was the one doing most of the talking. It was about me. They wanted the comfort of their mom. And I knew that. And I just said, I can tell that 
the two of you want to talk with mom and I can tell that you want to go to your friend's house because that's how that daughter dealt with things. She went to friends. She didn't. Right. And so I took my uh, middle daughter to her friends and I told my ex at the time I'm going to go to my mom's and tell my mom. And that was 30 minutes away. So I just drove from our house to my mom and I sat her, I come in and sat her down and I said, mom, you need to sit down and you talk. And she was, you know, bouncing all over her palais. I'm like, mom, please sit down. And she's like, oh, is serious? I'm like, yeah, it's serious. And I'm like, I need you to sit down. And, you know, I immediately start crying because I'm already emotional enough. And, and I just, and she just, she knew at that point something was wrong. And she's like, what's wrong? Just tell me. And I said, mom, so-and-so and I are getting a divorce. And she um, said some things that just made me laugh that I don't want to say because I don't <laughs> want my ex to get offended. Um, well, she was being mom. I mean, she, she was being mom. Yeah. Well, I think she knows anyway, but, um, you know, she just basically, well, I'm just going to say it. She said, thank God. She's like, I knew that marriage wasn't going to last <laughs> from day one. She said, but that wasn't my part. Right. I'm the mom. I'm supposed to support you. And she says, you know that you're wife and I have had butted heads many times in your marriage. I'm like, I know. And yeah. And, um, I said, mom, there's more. She's up walking around her room again. And I'm like, mom, sit down. That was not what I needed you sitting down for. She says, I was wondering why you were so, she says, what, what? And I'm like, sit down, mom. <laughs> and I told her, I'm like, mom, I'm gay. And she just sat there and she didn't say anything. In about two minutes, I said, Mom, what? I just told you I'm gay, and you haven't said anything for two minutes. Well, um, and Mom? <laughs> you know? right. Right. And I'm like, you know, are you going to tell me something? She says, well, um, you know I don't agree with that. I'm like, yeah, I know. And I, in my mind, I'm like, here it comes. I don't want to see you anymore. Don't want you part of me. And she said, but you're my son and I always love you. I don't agree with it, but I love you and you're always will be my son. And you know, so we talked a, a few minutes more and I said, mom, I got to go. I, I got to call my sister or my brothers and let them know I've got to, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm done. I, I'm coming out. I'm not going to keep this a secret anymore. So I called my sister and my brothers, uh, fully expecting them to say, we don't want you part of our life anymore. Um, and every single one of them was the exact same thing. I, I was shocked. I just was, I was, I had prepared myself right. to lose my family. I knew that I was going to lose my family and that I was going to be all alone. I knew that. Um, I had a feeling that my kids, 
um, would lean towards their mom and that they would um, reject me. I knew this was going to happen. And um, they did. They did. They, they did not take it very well. And the problem was is I was still living at home. But I just didn't talk. Mm-hmm. You know, my brothers and sisters, they accepted it. They said, we don't like it, but we're good. And we went on about another month. And my kids would, um, they would uh, say hi, but they still weren't ready to talk. And then, you know, my one daughter came to me and was mad. And she's like, I hate you. You've ruined my family. And you, you know, and she just was very upset. And I understood, you know, those are emotions that are coming out. And I just told her I loved her, you know, that, you know, this is who I am. And I was, I was living a lie and it wasn't fair to you guys, but it also wasn't fair to me. And I just couldn't do it anymore. And, you know, it took, um, a while, uh, for them to get over it. Um, and my oldest is still struggling with it. My youngest is completely over. She doesn't care. She loves me. She wants me as part of her life. And my middle one, two weeks, she was done. She's like, oh, I love you, Dad. You're my favorite. And, you know. Yeah. So my kids are, are now okay. It's been about four years almost, coming up on four years. My oldest still struggles. Mm-hmm. Uh, it took my ex about six months. And then something clicked in her. And she's like, I think she just realized I have to... T- I have to work with them the rest of my life because of our kids. And if we're going to fight, it's just going to make it worse. And so, you know, during those six months, we had to, um, I told her that um, I will not talk about religion anymore with her. I won't talk about me being gay anymore, about the whole gay topic, because she couldn't handle it. And she was negative, and she would say mean things. And I just told her, I'm like, until you can be respectful and actually have a conversation where you're not raising your voice and yelling, we're just not going to talk about those things. And if you bring them up, I'll just hang up or I'll walk away because yeah. I'm not going to, I'm not going to engage in it. I'm not going to go to that negative. And I did. And she learned very quickly that I was serious. I'm not talking about it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to fight with her anymore in front of the kids because it was affecting them. They told us, we don't like you fighting. So I just said, done. Not doing that anymore. And it took her that six months to really learn. And then she called me up and she says, okay, let's let's do this. I want to have an open conversation. Let's let's fix this because we have to deal with each other. And I'm like, I'm willing. It's just as long. So now we have a good relationship. You know, she, you know, after the six months, she, a couple times, she's like, why can't I go to the movies when you're taking the daughters to the movies? Why can't I go with you? We're a family still. And I'm like, we're not a family. You know, we have kids together. I will take my daughters to the movies so they can spend time with me. I don't want to you there. We're not married. Mm-hmm. That was hard for her to get over that. She's right. now past that, you know. And you know, I, I still do 
things, you know. Uh, I mean, we go to places together once in a while when it's a, a extended family invites us out. We both go to it. Um, it's something for the kids. We both go to it. Um, but it's 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 moved on long enough, and she knows now, you know, that I have a partner, and and um, we I kept that from her for the longest time because um, because of my partner's situation. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not out of the closet. He's very, very nervous about that. And so I try not to talk about that. And um, I don't share too much of that. People know that I have a partner, and that's about the extent of it. Right. They will ask me, oh, what's his name? Can we? I don't share. I just say he's not out of the closet. And okay, and they respect that, and they just, you know, they're concerned for me. My close friends are very concerned. You know, they, uh, they want things to move forward, and they are. But it's, um, it's a process. But you know what it's like to be in his shoes. You know, like that's exactly, and that's what I have to tell them. I'm like. I did this for 30 years. Mm-hmm. So I can't push him to come out. He's got to do that on his own. Right. And that's the process that we're at. And, and it's it's moving a lot faster than it was when we first were together. And um, But it's been, it's been an interesting ride. Right. So let me ask you a couple of questions yes. that come up. Because, you know, I think that we... You know, like, honestly, looking, hearing your story, I'm like, wow. Because I was, when I came out, I was not in that frame of mind. I wasn't a, let's get it all done at once thing. Like, I was just so nervous about it and so, like, so embarrassed, I guess. I was still in a, in a very embarrassed place, personally, that, you know, I didn't, you know, the kids weren't, of course, my kids were really young. Yeah. You know, and, and calling family, all of that stuff really, like, in fact, I didn't tell my mom. My oldest brother told my mom because mm-hmm. I just, because we were, as a family, we were dealing with it as an embarrassment rather yeah. than a, because I was still embarrassed. You yeah. know, I was still closeted. I was just, it was just a set of circumstances that were, you know, there was no, it was just a point of no return for me. But, you know, and I think, so for you to have all of those things, like, just, wham, you came out and came out to your kids, like, that's pretty, that's pretty amazing. I think it, the, the, the difference is, I had, I had known all my life that this was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And I knew when we started our fifth round of marriage counseling that it, this, at the end of this, we were getting a divorce. Mm-hmm. So I had all this time to prepare Right. And I knew that if I'm going to come out, I'm going to come out to everyone. I'm not going to just, I don't want to sit there and wonder who I told and who I didn't. Yeah. I'm, I'm done with that. And I don't want someone, I don't want to tell this person and then through the grapevine it gets to this person and they come in like, you're, you're gay? Mm-hmm. Why didn't you tell me? You know? So I did. I, I told my family the next day. I went, you know, that Monday was a holiday. Tuesday, Wednesday, I told all my coworkers. I told all my friends. I did not post it on Facebook. Um, I just, I reached out to everyone. I just told them. I said, I need you to know. I'm, I don't want anyone to be surprised. And I had nothing 
but support from everyone I told. Yeah. Which, you know... From friends and coworkers, I it was just accepted. And you know, the funny thing is, one of my coworkers, and I I remember this very vividly. I walked in. I just said, you know, I need to tell you that, um, you know, I'm going through a divorce, and one of the reasons is is because I'm gay. And she looked at me and she said, Ross. I knew from the day I met you that you were gay, <laughs> that you were struggling, and it wasn't my place to tell you that mm-hmm. until you had accepted it yourself. And, you know, we got in the conversation. She's like, why? Why now? What, What? you know? And I was close enough with her as a co-worker that, that you know, mm-hmm. you know, we closed her door, and, and I went in, and we talked. And, and she's like, okay, I can see why, you you know, but she says... And I asked her, I said, I need to know. You, it wasn't even, you know, him hotting around. You, you just straight up, I know, Ross. Mm-hmm. And I said, how did you know? I mean, I totally st- stayed so far away from the gay scene and gay topic. And she's like, Ross, you just know. You can tell. You know, you can tell you've met people and you're like, there's something going on. What is it? I don't know what it is. There's something going on. Uh-huh. And she says, I have gay friends. I know who they are. I know, you know, they're out They're. I just knew. And for some reason, I just knew that there was something going on that you was dealing with that you couldn't come out. Isn't that funny? I mean, cause we and, it was, and she couldn't explain why. Right. I had to accept it as that. Yeah, but I and since that day, I don't shy away. And I think that's great. I mean, I I think that that's a healthy, very healthy way to approach it. I mean, the same. You know, it's it's interesting. Even as far out as we come, like I've been out for ten years now. There's still moments where I have to think, am I coming out? Do I have to come out again? Like you know the. And sometimes it's an okay thing, and sometimes it's like, you know, it's just not worth it at this point, you know, because you don't have to come out, you know, it's not like you, you have to come out to everybody, but, yeah, you know, it's interesting those reactions you get. Yeah. Well, even nowadays, I mean, like you said, you know, do I have to come out again? There's times that I, because I am open, I don't, I talk about things, I'm, I'm very open. I, I had a friend that, when I came out to him, he's like can I talk to you? You know, like, because I don't, I don't understand the gay, the whole gay world, the whole gay, you know, you being gay and what it's like. And I met with him like a couple weeks later for three hours. And he asked me very intimate. Things. Like, <laughs> You're like, let me put on my gay. Ad and I'm like, I mean, world. like really <laughs> stuff like, you yeah. know, that are personal about my body and stuff. I'm like, I don't care. Right. I was open. I'm like, I I was done hiding. Well, but yeah. I wasn't sharing them to, you know, just like go down the street and blah, 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 blah. He was asking me questions and I was trying to help him do that. Mm-hmm. And nowadays I'm very open to people. I don't care. But then again, there are times that I meet people and, you know, it's not like I go around and say, hi, I'm Ross. I'm gay. Right. You know, <laughs> I just, I hi, I'm Ross. Mm-hmm. And as they we get to know each other. I'm not shy 
I, but but I don't just up and up. Hey, I'm gay. But as conversations, you're talking about kids, or you're talking you know, about yeah, partners, things come or up things. And, yeah. yeah, you know, if someone's saying something and I say, oh yeah, yeah, my partner, I did that. Partner, are you gay? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't like broadcast right. it that way. But you know, in normal conversations, things come up. I'm not that. I'm not that shy person that's gonna say. Oh, not going to talk about my partner. I'm not going to talk about that because that's my life, and I'm not going to be closeted again. So let me ask you: Do you feel like, not that you've had a change of personality in that period of time, but do you feel like, because I know for me, I was very, I was very introverted when I was in the closet. Very mm-hmm. introverted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had my moments. If I could. You know, I didn't. I didn't have. A, I've never had a fear of public speaking. So I, you know, even when I was introverted, I didn't have a problem getting up and talking to a huge crowd. Mm-hmm. But I was always the quiet one in a in a group. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like that's? Were you that person? And do you feel like that's changed, or or did that not have any effect? Um. I in in groups. I. I I'm not the the really quiet person. I will join in conversations. Um, sometimes I'm not. Sometimes I don't feel it, so I just don't try. Right, right. You know, sometimes you just don't feel like, well, okay, so you don't do it. But um, I, you know, I'm a teacher by trade, you know, and so I'm used to getting up and talking to people. And um, I left the classroom, and now I train teachers. So I, it's not like you know, I I can teach kids, but I teach adults now. Mm-hmm. So I'm just used to talking to people. I don't I don't yeah. have that problem of of going in and I'm, and I'm a a very, um, personable person. I, I need people. Right. I mean, I am not the type that can, um, go even a day without seeing people that drive me crazy. Mm -hmm. You know, I have to, I mean, I've gone a day where I, you know, not talked to anybody, but you know, I was sick or I was sleeping or, you you know, but I I have contact with people almost every day because mm-hmm. I need it, and you know I drive Uber and Lyft for fun because I I enjoy that contact with people. Right. And so that that's you know my I didn't really change. I don't think a lot. Um, I think you know. Well, I don't think I did, but I I know that I'm more open now because now I'm not behind the closet. Right. I talk more about things and you know, my exes, you talk about it all the time. Like you've changed. You like, you just talk about everything. And I'm like, I says, I don't think that I changed. It's now you're just hearing things that I wouldn't talk about before. Cause I talked about lots of things, you knew, mm-hmm. you know, but now you're just hearing, you're this not more. as guarded. You yeah. know, it's I not... don't, I don't, I'm not hiding behind that wall anymore. So mm-hmm. I just, I don't. Yeah. Well, you know, I've had a similar experience, yeah, where I feel like, I know, I don't feel like I'm a different person, but I think I'm a better version of that person now that I'm out. You know, like, I'm a better... I'm, a, I'm my true self. Now. Right, right. I don't what, have to... What people see on the outside is what's going on in the inside yeah. and not, not some facade. So, <clears throat> let me ask you, because kind of on this topic of, of being more open, you know, it's funny, I've, I remember... Yeah, getting to that point where I would talk to anybody about anything if they wanted to come ask me about something. And, you know, and these are details that one heterosexual person wouldn't go ask another heterosexual person necessarily. But they have no problem coming and talking. And there was many times where I just like, I'm happy to talk to you about anything. 
let me preface this with this. Don't ask me a question that you don't want an answer to. And it's fine because for most part, people just kind of laughed it off and it was great. But mm-hmm. So a couple of questions going back to kind of the kids thing and, mm-hmm. the, and the coming out to the wife. and Do you... F- so we get that question a lot in our mm-hmm. within our father's group is, you know, I'm coming out, I've got these kids, maybe we'll wait until they're older to tell them. What's, what's your viewpoint on that? My viewpoint on that, and this comes as, you know, my experience, but also as an educator. Kids have grown up in the world already. Um, they don't care if you're gay or straight. They don't care. They have gay friends in school. They have, you know, it's not like it used to be. In today's world right now, what's going to hurt them or the emotional part? I shouldn't say hurt them. The emotional part is mom and dad are separating. Mm-hmm. Mom and dad are getting a divorce. It's how you preference it. We love you. You are still our number one. Mm-hmm. You're that important. We're going to do everything for you. But... Mom and dad just don't work together anymore. It just doesn't work. And we just need to right. to end it. They're going to need that time to deal with the divorce. But it's how you um, treat them. Don't overgo, you know, just overload love. and mm-hmm. Because sometimes they just need their space. Right. They've got to process it. But you need to let them know, I am here for you. You've got to still say, I love you. And, hey, do you want to go out? Do you want to go do, do you want to go talk? Do you want to, they're going to tell you, sure. Yeah. And, and if it's always, do you want to go talk? Do you want to go talk there and say no? Do you want to go for an ice cream? Sure. Mm-hmm. And the talk's going to happen. Right. And <clears throat> the more you can do that with them, that breaks down the emotions that are building up in them. You don't say, let's go talk. You just say, let's go get an ice cream. Let's go get a hamburger. Let's go get... And give them the opportunity to do it. And you don't do it together. It's one-on-one. Right. Because they're not going to open up. Well, there's all that other... Where their brothers and sisters are with them. Yeah. They want to be able to talk intimately with you. You know, to where they can feel it. It's one-on-one. And, you know, I just made myself available. Call me anytime. Text me. Mm -hmm. You know? Say, Dad, I need to go for a Coke with you. Mm -hmm. I did that. I think that helped. Um, obviously, they were upset when I when the night that it happened, you know, right. or the afternoon it happened, and I knew they were upset, and I gave them that space. I went and left, and then after that, you know, they saw me at home for that month that we lived together after, and and you know, it was hard, but they, I just made sure that I was there, right, and you know. Um, Obviously, I had to talk to my ex a couple times to say, you know what? You got to stop talking to the kids. They're kids. You can't talk about our problems to them because that they're not emotionally, they can't handle that and you're causing them more stress. Which is kind of interesting because we talk about, you know, because we're talking about this processing and this needing Mm -hmm. to, because, you know, we, we see this a lot with, 
with men and and I was in the same boat. You know, when I you know, I was 28 years old when I came out. When I came out, I was at a point where I'm done with the tears. I'm done with the self-loathing. I'm done with the trying to bargain with some creator that I'm going to be fixed. I'm done with I've gone through all of this grieving process. Mm-hmm. I've I'm done. I'm I'm at a point of acceptance and I am I just want to go talk to people and I want people to love me for who I am. You mm-hmm. know, like I, I'm ready for that. Yeah. And I think one thing that we sometimes it took me a minute to kind of put it in perspective and, and it took me a long time to process it and realize that okay, I'm here. I'm on this spectrum of grievance grieving where I'm I'm happy. But where you know, where are the people that we're coming out to? Because you know, in your in your wife's case, she didn't know. She had no idea. It was blindsided. So for her, it was a, oh, I and you know, and, and so it's understandable that that six months and that's you know that's and that's a relatively short time, right? Because I really thought it that you know a divorce. I mean, without even having a, a gay part of it in there, some divorces they go on years of fighting, right. and it's just be. Um, I, I am just, you know, I lucky, I don't, I don't want to say lucky, but it's, um, I'm just, I guess I'm thankful that it, something clicked with her and she realized that this is, and, and it just worked out. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we have our moments, we still get in our, oh, right. but I mean, you know, that's part of normal, but, um, it's just, I, I think it's a, a way of just, you know. Being there for support, but know your boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um, don't uh, don't allow someone else to cross a boundary of what you don't want to talk about, or discuss, or accept comments or negativity. Um, because I, with my ex, made it very clear: if you're going to make a comment, I'm going to leave, mm-hmm. and we're not going to get to what you I came here to talk to you about that you asked me to come here for. Right, and it's a delicate balance because in, I mean, this is my opinion, but in her case, in her shoes, I think it's okay for her to have those feelings and emotions, but, but we, you know, we've been a part of their life, but I think it's okay to say, I'm not the right person for this anymore. Mm -hmm. I'm, you know, so I'll, I'll interject, sorry, real quick, I'll just interject something for people that are listening that... This is an advice that I give to a lot of gay men as they start kind of toying with what does this look like coming out. And, you know, there's support groups, the Utah Gay Fathers. There's support groups throughout the country, people that Mm -hmm. they can, I mean, you can reach out to us and we're happy to talk to you. And there's, Mm -hmm. you know, there's all of the support for us as gay men. But we also need to look at it the perspective of, you know, and, and I advise this to several gay men is, you know, it would be good for her to have a healthy place to go talk. Yes. Because she's going to need it too. Yes. And any, let me let me emphasize very strongly healthy. Yes. Because there are some very negative groups out there that it's just this. Provide support for divorced women um, or divorced men and they're negative. And you can see when you go there, you know, and this is my advice, you know, really, like you said, Watch when you go to a group if they're constantly downing their partner or their former partner, 
it's not a support group. It's a bash group. Right. And you're, and it's not going to help you heal. You want to go and be part of a group that's going to provide you feel good, good advice. And so if you walk out of there and of, of a support group and you're feeling more negative now mm-hmm. than before you walked in, it's not a support group. Don't They're go bashing. Back. Don't yeah. go back. Reach out and find another group. And, and we have a group here in Utah that are a lot of the spouses of Utah Gay Fathers right. Association men that have met together and they truly, it's a support group. They they will not allow bashing in mm-hmm. it. They flat out say, this is not a bashing session. Yes, you can talk about your feelings and that, but if it comes to a bashing point, they stop it. They're like, this is not a bashing thing. And that, my ex joined that and she got a lot of value out of that group. Right. And so, yes, it's very good for, you know, for a gay man, father, to know that he's going to go through this divorce to, you know, reach out for help, but also allow your spouse, your former spouse, your ex, to have that grieving time, too. Mm-hmm. And they're going to need more time to grieve because they didn't know any of this. You have, and you've been preparing behind the scenes for how you're going to come out and what are you going to do. You've had that time to think about it. They haven't. Right. And they need that time. And it's a lot more time. I'm really shocked that my ex-wife was able to deal with all of that so fast. And it's a blessing really to me because we've been able to move forward so much. Right. But that's something as listeners are listening to this, they need to know that everyone is different. There's not a, Right. There's not a, this is what's going to happen on this month and this month and this month. We can tell you this is what's going to happen. And then the next stage is going to be this, but it could be a year before you get from this stage to this stage. And it could be this. There's lots of stages that they're going to go through. And we can tell you those things because we know that Mm -hmm. because we've been through it and it's documented. But, and that's what you eventually you'll get to when you go through those points. But the idea that I think right now is you have to allow that time to happen. You can't just keep, um, no, I'm not talking about that. And, you know, there were things that I flat out said, I won't talk to you about that until you are at a point where you can talk to me civilly. Mm-hmm. I'm more than willing to do it, but the minute you bash, done right well because we have and, and i think it's more than fair for us to be able to put up a fence and say these these are the border lines you know we're not we're not crossing that right you know sorry we're in this situation you know, i think we're both sorry we're in mm-hmm. this situation but we are and yeah so, and i'm more than willing to talk about it but it has to be neutral and if it goes to that bashing then then i'm gonna done and it's only i'm only gonna give you three strikes you do it three times we're just done for a while then Right. And I'll just say that topic's off limits. You, I gave you three opportunities and you blew it all three times. And so then take a month or two off and then let it, if she wants to, you can give it a chance again. And if she bashes again, say, okay. Right. You just explain and eventually it will get through because you're going to have to have those discussions. Mm-hmm. It's going to happen. So. Right. Well, and, and I think they can be healthy, but yes. yeah. And, and of course, and I know, it's, and I'm not saying that you know there can't be moments of anger because there were certainly ang- moments of oh, anger yeah. for me too. Oh yeah, but it it can't be unchecked, and and there's appropriate places for it. You know, I 
again, this group that we that we're referring to, uh, you know, the straight spouses, the supportive straight spouses group, like they really just like the gay fathers. They they've been through it in their own place, and they're so I I would highly recommend wherever you're at, make sure that you understand that that's going to be part of the. You're at the end of the roller coaster, and your adrenaline's running, and you're excited, and they're going up the first hill, and they're scared of what's mm-hmm. coming. And it will benefit you to let your spouse know. They, she might not accept it. She might say, I'm not, you know. But, you, I mean, you obviously don't drop that the night that you say, I want a divorce. I am gay. But as you guys are talking, say, hey, you know, I just learned in my support group about a support group for the straight side of this. You might want to check it out. Mm-hmm. Everyone says that their spouses, it was the best thing for them. Mm-hmm. Helped them just have a, a place that they understood. And so, you know, they a do. A shoulder to cry on. Yeah. Like they can understand from somebody who can be that completely yeah. and totally understanding yeah. of where you're coming from. Yeah, I, I can't speak to that. If I think if such support groups had existed when I came out, uh, mine, mine was quite a roller coaster for a while. And I don't think we would have been in that same boat had had we both had healthy places to go yeah. to talk about it so so and well and same thing with your kids goes with goes exactly for the kids exactly. your kids are getting this dropped on them too they're going to have to process it yep. they're going to go through this you know yep. there's there's plenty of times i've heard of kids that are going to get angry mm-hmm. but that's that's okay you know mm-hmm. It's better than them trying to shove it, it all in. down Keep and it in. Yeah. let him let him process it and it's got to come out. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and it has. <laughs> and I, so let me ask you: Do you think if your kids had been younger, because you said you, your oldest has struggled a little bit with it, mm-hmm. do you think if they had been younger, it would have been easier? You know, um, I don't necessarily think it would have been. It would be easier for me. I think in that process, but I think it would have a different outcome on the kids because um, when they're younger, they're living at home and they're seeing their mom, you know, even though depending on the living situation of what it is, when they're with their mom and they're younger, mom is talking to friends and all that and the kids are there listening to it and they're they're hearing it and they're saying oh they hear oh yeah he's such a jerk and he's a bad guy and this and that i think where mine were older they had more life experiences already and you know my middle daughter does not get along with my ex right now like in eight in five months when she turns 18 She's already ready to tell her mom, I don't want anything to do with you because of some negativity. She does not like my ex talking to me or talking about me. Mm-hmm. And I know she does. We all do it. We all do when we're talking to friends. And it's not that she's trying to attack me. She's talking to her friends in that moment. But my daughter hears it and she doesn't like it. Right. You know, if she was living with me, she would hear me talk about my ex and it's not that I'm talking negative all the time, but sometimes I'm like, oh yeah, my ex did that all the time. You know, we all, stay, you know. Yeah, you try, you try not to, but there's those it, moments it, where you just it like comes out. You know, like, oh wait, <laughs> but but she sees that and hears that, and right. so in her, it's been a negative 
against my ex. And, um, but my, my other daughters, my oldest daughter in particular, she's really struggled with this. And, and I personally feel it's because she talks with my ex more. Mm-hmm. And so I know those conversations happen. I've actually asked them, please stop doing that because you're hurting our daughter. Cause she is, she, you know, yes, she's an adult now, but you know, when it was happening, she wasn't, she was still a minor. And I said, you, you, you know, you think that she's old enough because you have conversations with her all the time, but emotionally she, she, it's ruining her. It's just wrecking havoc mm-hmm. because she talks about it. And I know when she's right. talking that this is, this is you talking, not her. Yeah. And so, you know, so I had to talk to her and say, you got to stop doing this, you know, and, and she finally agreed that she needed to stop, that it, she could see the effect of it. And um, so I think, you know, um, younger kids, yeah, it's going to be easier on the dad, you know, because you don't have to explain a lot of it and they don't are, they don't know a lot of that yet. Mm-hmm. Um, in some ways it could, it could be easier on them growing up, just accepting that they're gay. Right. I'm gay. And, but then, um, it all, what has an effect on that is, is there a religion involved in it? Right. Is there, um, um, is there family members that have an effect on it? That, you know, like grandmas and grandpas or aunts and uncles that are very close to the family and the kids are going to be around them a lot, but they have a negative, they, they are very anti-gay or, you know, that's going to have an effect on it. Right. You know? And so those are things that you have to be aware of. So I, you know, coming out, I think it's, has an effect on the kids, but I think it, it's totally different for, for their age level mm-hmm. because of what they can understand. Right. But then, you know, it also, and you have to be aware if they're younger kids, they're going to be growing up where they're getting those impressions and they're learning those they things. They may have other That's where right they're now. going to get some of that negative that they're growing up. And it's not that the parent's saying it directly to the kids teaching it to them. It's they're saying it to their friends and the kids are hearing it. And right. So they, you know. Or, so. you know, I know that in my case I've had aunts and uncles or their aunts and uncles or cousins that have said stuff. And, yeah. And, you know, it's, it's tough. I would say, though, on the flip side that I think in some ways being younger especially with some of the you know because it doesn't necessarily have to be the the religion here in utah it can be any religion where they grow up and they have this expectation and dad comes out when they're 17 but they've heard for 17 years how bad gay people Mm -hmm. are that can be a tough thing to be like how do Mm -hmm. i turn that around in my head yeah and and i think i agree to that but i also see a difference because of where the world is and, right. and, and accepting LGBT, the equality has moved a lot in the last three years. And that has really changed kids' opinions. I mean, I'm, I teach in a middle school. Hmm. I hear these kids talk. And it's not like when I was growing up, like, oh, you're, you know, do you see that gay guy? Oh my gosh, it, it was such a negative thing. And nowadays, the kids, who cares? Right. It's just accepted. Be who you want to be. Yeah. Well, this conversation would probably be a lot different if we did it 20 years ago. Like, it's, you know, it's... Yeah, it, it really would. It is, it's different with how, you know, someone that, someone that might be listening to this story now that's 
in going through this process, what things that I said with my kids, it wouldn't even be an option because it's like, well, we, why would he even say that? Mm-hmm. Because it's just not ex- socially accepted anymore to say talk about that because the norms of today are totally different. Right, right. So, and that's why I think it's not... Um, that hard on kids anymore teenagers it's more the divorce that they're right. struggling with not that oh dad is gay or mom is gay or you know right that's not what they're struggling with it's the divorce it's the family there's, there's breaking a apart. loss happening there it's that loss right. and the, Where? they don't want to be forgotten they don't want to be mm-hmm. you know they don't want a, the, a fight to drive the wedge they want their mom and dad to be able to get along still so. right right awesome well that was Great story. I know we're, I'm sure <laughs> getting, we're way over. Getting on time. <laughs> but no, I, I mean, I, th- I think it's it's great because, you know, my, you know, one of these days we'll get to my story. My story is completely different. Yeah. And, but we're kind of eventually gotten to similar places in life. And, mm-hmm. you know, some of the decisions I made were different than decisions you made. And, and it's fine because it's, you know, there's, there's not one way that everybody has to do one thing or the other. And. You know, I think I think as we share stories, we're trying to share different viewpoints so people can understand that hey, you know, this is your own path. Here's some here's some tidbits of information, things to put in your, you know, put in your pocket and understand yeah. that yeah. this is what things to look at. But you know, everybody makes their own decisions, and you know, it, I'm still flabbergasted that you kind of came out and then came out and then came out like yeah. mine. <laughs> I did. I did tell all my brothers, most of my brothers and sisters, all at once, just because I didn't want to repeat it yeah. so many times. Yeah. But I certainly, it wasn't a, it wasn't a happy thing for me. Yeah. That's that's for sure. Well, I was nervous, but you know, it, it it was the fact that my mom that helped me get through it, and when all my brothers and sisters did it, it was easy. So now I'm I'm just gonna say some things that about the podcast because I know that we're you know we've talked a lot about my story and it kind of went probably longer than I was expecting it to go but um, hopefully our stories in the future are going to be a little bit more narrowed down and and something that we plan on doing at the end of every story is kind of this fab five mm-hmm. which is just going to be a quick five questions quick five answers and we end the podcast so let's let's I go think we right need to go to, to that five <laughs> so what would you say is the best part of being gay you know to me the best part about being gay is that i'm being myself mm-hmm. i'm true to myself now and i'm not hiding anything and i don't have to lie anymore i just i get to be who i am yeah and and it feels good. It's a pretty it's it's a hard expl- it's hard thing to explain to people that it's haven't been just, in that. It's just you know I don't I'm I'm not always freaking out. Is did that person see me looking at that guy and right was, that I was staring at him or you know uh-huh. it's just so comfortable to be myself. Or do I need to go into the locker room after there's nobody there because I can't possibly have somebody think that I might have seen something and then I'm out into the Oh, because you know dang well I'm looking at everyone in the locker room, right. you know. Well, that's... We, you, it goes back to the whole suppression yeah. thing where <laughs> you've got no other, no other point of references. Yeah. I mean, I remember in high school I did that specifically. I avoided the locker room at the times when I knew it was busy because 
because I was fighting so hard to yeah. keep everything in that I knew that if I took a glance wrong, I couldn't possibly have somebody. But catch the funny me. thing about the locker room, I just have to say this uh, on tangent, but you know, as a gay guy closeted going into that locker room, of course I stole looks. I would quickly look, but it was just that a quick look, and because I didn't want to get caught. But you know the funny thing is, straight guys do it too. <laughs> it's not just, you know, someone listening to this podcast like, see, sure, all the gay people, that's all they do is look at that. <laughs> Guess what? I have plenty of straight friends that have told me, of course we look. I want to see. I, I want to compare. Right. <laughs> right. You know, it's, right. Not, it's, it's not a gay thing. Right. right. <laughs> all right. So second question. What has been the most surprising part of coming out? Um... I think the most surprising part to me in my situation was I was so scared to come out because I knew that I would lose everything. Mm -hmm. I had to prepare myself to lose my family and possibly my kids. And um, because I didn't know because that's their choice, what they're going to do. And so it, that was the hardest thing for me. That's what took me so long to come out. And I think that's what was surprised me is that my family, although they told me they didn't agree with it, they still loved me and they still accepted me. And now it's been almost four years and things they said to me when I first came out, you know, my, my brother told me, you know, in the future, if you get a boyfriend, please don't like, if you come to my house, don't kiss them. Don't hold hands together. Don't do any of that. You can bring him here. You guys, you know, can be, but don't, don't show any display of affection to each other because we don't agree with that. And I'm like, and my brother has met my partner and I could kiss him if I wanted to in front of him. I could hold hands and he wouldn't say anything now. That's just, it was the shock of mm -hmm. saying it. And so I think that's the best thing for me. You, you know, you put a humanity to to this abstract idea that people have, mm -hmm. and when they have to face it, then and they realize, oh, this is my brother. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't always happen that way. Yeah. It's it's not not to say this is everything's rainbows and unicorns, yeah. Yeah. but you know that's that's awesome. Yeah. Um, so let's see, third one. How is your relationship with your family different now, such as your ex, kids, siblings, parents? Um, well, you know, and in the story, I, I mentioned it already, you know, um, I, I really am blessed because my ex, it just clicked with her and things went better. Um, I, I still don't go out with my wife. I don't let her join me with my kids because unless we're doing an event that's for the kids, you know, like a school event or graduation mm -hmm. or something like that. Um, uh, but if I'm taking my daughters out to the movies, I'm not taking my ex-wife with me, but... I have bought food for her and sent it home because I knew that she was at home and she didn't want to, she would have to cook for just herself because all the kids are with me eating. Right. So I, you know, if I, I'm going up and I buy things and, and I still send them home, I give this to your mom, you know, why? Because she's probably hungry and hasn't eaten. Right. And, and we're not. Horrible you know, people who you know, don't so, care at all. So, so you know, yeah. I still buy things from them. My kids are normal kids. They still call and ask me for money for gas for the car. And, <laughs> oh, that didn't you know, change? No, nope, that doesn't change, you know. And so, um, yeah, I, I think the relationship in, in a way, like, um, 
with my one daughter is actually better. Mm-hmm. My, um, oh, like I said, my oldest is still struggling. And, and, you know, we've had some really tough things that have happened in life. And, and you know, we're um, just last week. And I literally settled it. And we had kissed and hugged and made up. But she wasn't going to talk to me for the rest of her life before, in the middle of this fight. So it was just, it was a bad fight. And she still, she told me mm-hmm. when we kissed and hugged up and made up and, you know, settled everything. Um, so she's still struggling. Yeah. And so I, I just, I'm like, okay, well, you know, I, I will be here for you, but I'm, I am who I am and I'm not changing. Right. So I, I'll give you that time. So. Well, that's good. And you just keep going. Yep, you do. Do you wish that you could have handled any part of your coming out process differently? No. No, because um, I I didn't want to... I, I, I told my kids, I told my wife, I told my, my family, and I wasn't... Um, I told them part of it, I told them part of this, and I'll, I'll leak a little bit more later, I'll leak a little bit more... Mm. I just was done and it was the best thing I could do because I didn't want to have this linger thing. What, what did I tell her already? What did I, did I tell her this already? Did I not? Right. So it was just easy. The secret has power. It it was just so much easier just to just, if I'm going to come out, I'm coming out. Right. (laughs) And I did. (laughs) Right. Yeah. No, I, and I think it's fantastic. Yeah. All right. So our last question. Uh, other than the obvious, kids, families, partners, partner, what uh, thing in your life brings you the most joy? I think the thing that brings me the most joy in my life right now is, it's kind of, you know, multiple things, but it's um, it's being accepted, you know? It's being, you know, knowing that I can be who I am mm-hmm. and... It's not like I have to walk down the street thinking that someone is going to, you know, am I someone going to attack me because they know that I'm gay because I'm really open. It's not like that anymore. I'm just accepted for who I am. And knowing that um, I have a partner that loves me, that um, loves my kids. I love his kids. I, I have a family. Mm-hmm. I didn't lose my family. I have a bigger family. Mm-hmm. I, that's. Yeah, I, you know it's. I think that you know, and, and for, you know, for some of those, it's like for me, I, I, I did lose some of my family, but I gained others, and it's grown. It has, you know, my family's bigger now mm-hmm. than it ever was, and I would never have imagined. And that. you know, time heals. And those family members that you lose, they might never come back. You just be the best you can be. And eventually things change and you'll get them back. Eventually you'll get everyone back. Yeah, I I would hope so. I would hope that that's... And and you just have to do that, Mm -hmm. you know, so that you can go through life normal. Um, Things aren't always peachy. Things aren't, you know, always bad. But the best thing is, is just to continue living your life and knowing that um, 
there can be issues that will arise, but just go forth, mm-hmm. go forward. You're going to, it, it's going to happen, you know? And so just know that things are going to happen and just prepare, just tell yourself, you know, okay, think of things that are going to happen and just say, you know what? I don't always know what I'm going to do, but I know that I'm going to keep a level head. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be yelling. I'm not going to get in a fight. I'm going to walk away and things will be so much better. Mm-hmm. They might be mad at you at first. They might not want, you know, they might be yelling at you. If you walk away, I'll never talk to you again. Uh, guess what? They are still going to talk to you. <laughs> and, uh, but they learn that you're not going to accept that bad behavior. And so if they want that conversation, they know the guidelines and, and it'll happen. And so don't let people walk on you. Just move forward. It's going to happen. Right. Be prepared for things. Know things are going to happen. And just set your mind up saying, when this happens, this is how I want it to go. I and mean, if you prepare yourself for it, more than likely, you're going to stay in your guidelines of not allowing someone to bash on you, not staying there and allowing it. Mm-hmm. Just walk away. Um, know that people are going to need time. But be there for them. And it will all work out. And, you know, get support. And even if things don't work out perfectly, you're still living your life the way you want to live it. And and there's there's just gold there in that in that authenticity. Awesome. Thanks. Well, thank you, Ross, for being our inaugural guest as we (laughs) as we start this process and and we look forward to so many other stories to come and, and being able to share this with so many people. Yeah. And, and, um, we're going to try to keep these to, you know, we want to keep them to a shorter amount of time, but the benefit of these stories is that you're hearing someone's, uh, events, their, their personal story and that will help you. And, you know, if, if, uh, we're going to ask all our guests in the future, if they're willing to be contacted mm-hmm. and obviously I'm part of one, one of the hosts right? and obviously I'm willing to be contacted, but we're going to ask our, con- you know, our guests if they want, if, if they would be willing to talk to someone that's listened to their story and they have questions like, how did you do this? Or, you know, because that's, that helps them come out. Right. That helps them with their process. Maybe they're not ready to come out, but it's their process of, of preparing for them to accept themselves and move on. And, that's what we're hoping that this podcast will do. It would have been gold for me. Yeah. Oh, totally for me. I mean, I was I, I was searching for stuff like this to help me. Mm-hmm. And so that's why we're doing this. Yeah. And so we will let you know at the end of each podcast. And you can reach out to us through our email that's on the podcast. And we will ask if they, again, will confirm with that uh the guest, if they are willing to talk to you and then we'll get back to you and we'll make that connection. Absolutely. Um, and just, you know, we're and glad not we... reach out to us and yep. we'll talk to you. And I'm more than happy to talk to anybody. So, and me too. Uh, and just know that we're here as a support and uh, as a group to, to answer any of your questions. So thanks for listening. Sure. Thank you for sharing with us, Ross. I'm Ben Visser. This has been Ross Rogers. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Gay Fathers Podcast. Subscribe to get alerts for each new show. A special thank you to our guests, hosts, 
and all those behind the scene that make this all possible. Want to share your story or have questions? Reach out to us at podcast at gayfathers.org.